Shalom Aleichem, for Shabbat B'Shalach, the Mishnah Yomi is learning chapter 7 in Ketuvot, Mishnayot 6 and 7. Ve'elu, and these, Yotzot, Shalom These women go out of their marriage without a Ketuva. Up to this point, we're dealing with neder, vow-initiated problems that created tension in the marriage, or actually might have been a sign of pre-existing tension in the marriage, and as a result, there could be, under certain circumstances, a divorce and she receives her ketuvah. But the problems we're listing in Mishnah Vav are actually make the, the woman involved forfeit her ketuvah payment. And the Mishnah explains, Ha'overit al-dat Moshe v'yichudit. She transgresses the law of Moses, meaning the Bible, the Torah, biblical law, or Yehudit. Yehudit is just, it's a name, it's a beautiful name, Judith in English, Yehudit, but it also means Jewish women generally. She goes against the custom of what normal Jewish women are supposed to do. The Mishnah explains, Ezohidat Moshe, what do we mean by a biblical transgression? Machiloto she'eno me'usar. For example, she feeds her husband produce food that's not tithed. She makes him a sandwich and that bread had not have miser and truma taken. And the husband finds out, maybe she claimed that the shopkeeper had done the tithing and he goes into the shop and he says, I never did the tithing. And, and he adds, and she, she knew I didn't do the tithing, and she's claiming it, it was tithed. So that's, you know, it's a biblical prohibition to eat untithed produce, as we've discussed in other Mishnayot and Zerayim. So she's basically feeding him something, Usr. Um nida, or they have intimate relations. While she's a nida, she claims she had gone to the mikvah, and then he finds out, guess what? She did not go to the mikvah as claimed. Veloi kotza or she does not separate challah from her bread. Now, we usually call on Shabbos, we call bread challah. Challah is actually the part we take out and give to Kohanim. In modern times, if we're baking a large enough dough, the uh, we separate a small part and actually burn that because of tuma of ritual contamination. We can't give it to Kohanim because it has to be eaten tahor, in purity. Or she makes nedarim and does not fulfill them. Now, being over your nether, not fulfilling your your religious vow, is a biblical prohibition. The Gemara also says that going against one's vow can bring punishment to even, God forbid, the children. So she's putting his children at risk also. So these are biblical level problems. And what is in Isser where the woman is going against the accepted custom of Jewish women? She goes out with her hair uncovered. Now, the Mepharshim say that really a head covering for a married woman is a biblical requirement. We're going to learn that out in Sota, the Isha Sota, as part of the process. She's getting uh, embarrassed, humiliated as part of, part of her testing process, and they uncover her hair, meaning a Jewish woman normally has her hair covered. But there, there's covered, and then there's covered. So it could be that a more minimal cover, covering uh, satisfies the biblical requirements, but in, in this particular community, the custom has become to have more hair covered. The tova bashuk, or she's spinning threads in the marketplace. There could be some arms exposed, you know, too much exposure during the motion. Umidaberet im koladam. And she speaks with anyone, even people of ill repute. You know, she's chatting with everyone, maybe even flirting, God forbid. Rabbi Tarfin Omer, afa kolani. Rabbi says, even a kolani. Aizahi kolanit. And what is a kolani? Lashon kol means voice. And she's talking in her own house. The neighbors hear her voice. 
So Gemara explains, even if they're talking about things that should be kept private between a husband and a wife, she might be raising her voice or speaking too loudly, and the neighbors could find out. It's a breach of modesty. It's one to Mishnah Zion. HaMekodesh et Isha, a man marries a wife. Now, Mekodesh, again, is the first stage of Jewish marriage. Al Menat, on condition, She'ain Aleha Nadarim. She has no vows applying to her right now. Nimsu Aleha Nadarim. Turns out she had made vows. Eina Mekudeshet. It's not that they need a divorce, it's that they were never married, because the marriage, again, was on condition. She did not have vows. Knossa Stam, if the man married the woman Stam, meaning without any condition, stipulated, and then they got married, Mazeltov, but she has vows that apply to her, that restrict her. They can end the marriage, and she would not necessarily receive the ketuva. Because regularly, typically, a husband, any husband, doesn't want to marry a wife who has restrictions on her, afflictions on her that he now has to deal with. And since they're now fully married, because he didn't specify the condition at the time of engagement, they would need to be divorced if they don't want to continue or that she doesn't want to find a heter to release her from these vows. Now, the mission brings the case, If he says, I'm marrying her on condition that she doesn't have any physical blemishes. Nimsu ba'mumin, it turns out she does. Eina mikudeshes, it was never a kedushin. They're not married. She doesn't need a get. Stam, if he married her without making the stipulation, and it turns out she had physical blemishes, because the husband again can claim, I never would have gotten married had I known she had these disfigurations, these issues. And the Mish explains, the mumin we're talking about, these blemishes or, you know, disfigurements or missing limbs or something, they're the same ones that would disqualify a Kohen, a priest, from serving in the temple. So they could be, you know, fairly severe issues or, you know, certain issues that the Torah stipulates, that this, since the Torah is makbid, the Torah's particular Kohanim shouldn't serve like this, then men also are particular, their wives should not have such things, unless, of course, they knew about it and accepted it from the beginning. Yashukur Chachem, good Shabbos, Shabbat Shalom.